You're about to listen to the Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders and for coders about all aspects of life as a developer. I'm Will, the curmudgeonly experienced developer. And I'm Beach, the optimistic newbie developer. Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast. Uh, before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, I am looking at case fans. Yeah, yours I, makes I a you, lot of noise. Yeah, I've got I've got one that's starting to go, and you may be able to hear it in the background of the podcast. We can't actually get rid of the sound. I've worked a lot on that, and I've even um, I think I mentioned it to uh, to our friend Jason down in Atlanta, who does a lot of audio stuff. Yeah, there's really not a lot. Uh, a lot that you can do. Yeah, there's not much we can do in editing. He actually suggested um, doing some, like, uh, a barrier around it. Yeah, or I could get new case fans. Like, the other thing is they've got these LED lights on them that are blue, and I realize I've kind of always hated that. <laughs> I don't like blue LEDs. For some reason, it's it's like a, if I come into a dark room and there's blue LEDs, they creep me out a lot more than red does. For I don't know, like I have I have a, like a deep seated psychological dislike, and I'm like, why why have I not changed these? And you know, it's it's gotten louder, and I really didn't notice how much louder it was until I listened. Well, until I listened to some of the recent podcasts where you can hear it in the background, and yeah, it's it's terrible. And now that I notice it, like it's got to go. I've, I've got to. I'm kind of building up an order of stuff. Like I've got to get a new mouse because the mouse I've had, I've got is I've had for like six years and some change, and it's kind of it's past its prime. The mouse pad under it I've had for t- close to twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, you had that mouse pad when we met. Yeah, it's it's the mouse pad I got in well, it's 1997, so it's 18 years. The so, mouse looks like it's 18 years old. Yeah, and the mouse pad is beat half to death so it needs to go i need to get a, i want to get a rack mounted uh battery backup uh you know i've got i've got several other things i want to get so i'm basically just shopping right now for you know for different bits and pieces i want a vesa mount you know to put a uh, monitor on a, on the server rack yeah instead of because like right now it's it's i've got a monitor sitting there that's on a desk by the server rack with a you know cable run around and that's just kind of lame looking <laughs> There's a bunch of you know year end pieces. I guess I'm tr- I'm trying to get yeah get sorted out. So uh, what are you into? Oh well, I've actually had some uh, some slugging matches recently. Um, the other day, my mom uh, texted me. You got in a slugging match with your mom? Yep. Just pop, pop. No. Uh, That's why you look so rough today. <laughs> I think I think Dolores could kill you in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, she she texted me because she was trying to print. Uh, some paperwork. Um, I learned a new term when the executor of an estate is female. Executrix. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she is the executrix of my uncle's estate and has been kind of dealing with paying his bills and everything like that. And so, um, but she had some paperwork from the lawyer she needed printed and she couldn't get it to print on her computer. And I, I've mentioned my mom's laptop. I don't know how many times it is. It's running. I think it has Vista on it. Yeah, it seems like you're... it has. It has Word 2003, if that says anything. And so, um, and it was probably Word 2003 was probably new. I, I went down and uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'll I'll come down. I'll help you out. So I go and I'm sitting at her laptop, and it was a PDF file. I was like, all right, well, hey, she was trying to print it from the browser, and it just it wasn't sending. I was like, do you have Adobe on here? And she said, yeah, yeah, I do. I was like, okay, cool. She has Adobe Photoshop Elements. 
well, I mean, at least the PDF reader is free. Yeah, yeah, that's what I told her. Um, but you know, Chrome has got the ability to load it, and it usually prints pretty well. So, uh, I was able to open it up in uh, in Photoshop and tried to print it, and it printed the first page, and that was it because it loaded it as an image. After a while, I said, "You know what? I'm just going to email it to myself. I'll com- I'll print it from my printer." So I emailed it to myself, went back to my printer, and uh, opened it up, clicked print, first page prints out, and then the printer stops because it's out of toner. Fantastic. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, no big deal. No big deal. I I am prepared. I have another cartridge of toner. So I open the printer up, put the new cartridge in, get it all set up, and that cartridge was bad. Like, <laughs> like entire paragraphs were not printing. Wow. Yeah. So you know, one thing I've I've learned with a lot of those because that's an inkjet printer. One thing I've learned with a lot of those is you print when you put a new cartridge in is like print a test page or two, so that any gunk that's on the cartridge kind of comes off. Oh, I did that. I printed. I tried to print out pages two and three of that document five times. Wow. Yeah. So finally, I said, you know what? Your printer prints, you just can't open it. So I'm going to open it in Word and convert it to a Word 2003 document and email it back to you. It's a very hacky way of doing it, but... Yeah, sometimes you just have to. (laughs) It worked. Wow. So uh, speaking of hacky ways of doing things, uh, about ready to roll that music? Oh yeah, I love that music. I know. This week for IOTs, I have something kind of interesting for you guys, uh, especially those of you that have even more experience than uh, Will and I do uh, with IOT. The IEEE Internet of Things newsletter, uh, I think I've talked about this before on the on the show, they are looking for authors. And uh, I'll post a link to the, the flyer that they put out. But it's it's a pretty neat little gig. It's a bi-monthly online publication that uh, features practical and timely technical information and uh, forward-looking commentary on IoT developments and deployments around the world. Um, definitely something to look into, especially if you are interested in technical writing. Um, just want to get your name out there or... You're like me, you're fascinated by IoT and want to get paid to learn about it. So that is the uh, IEEE Internet of Things e-newsletter. It came out uh, last year in 2014, and uh, they're looking for authors for their various posts. In this episode, we're going to be talking about taking control of your life by setting goals. And BJ has been the one that's actually outlined most of this material. Yeah, it's um, we kind of did a preview of it a few weeks back in the motivation episode. Um, and so I'm going to start off with a quote from Tony Robbins. Setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. Sounds very motivational, like it should be up on a poster or something. Either that or it's from Deepak Chopra. Uh, One of those two, anyway. Um, 
We also have another quote here. Uh, Microsoft has two goals in the last 10 years. One was to copy the Mac, and the other was to copy Lotus's success in the spreadsheet, basically the applications business. And over the course of the last 10 years, Microsoft accomplished both of those goals. And now they are completely lost. Steve Jobs. Got to give it to, uh, to good old Steve Jobs. Yeah, he knew, he knew exactly how to you know, twist the knife a little bit there, didn't <laughs> he? Did. he? <laughs> he did. Wow. That's cold. So to start off, let's talk about why, um, why we should set goals, especially setting personal goals. The first thing on the, the list that I have here is to get stuff, stuff done. done. <laughs> it doesn't say stuff on the outline we have, but we're, we're PG and we're, you know, nice people. And uh, going along with the title of the episode, it helps you to take control of your life. Yeah, because you, you don't want to be passively letting stuff happen to you. Exactly. Because then stuff happens to you and you're not you're not controlling it. So your your goals don't get met and somebody else's do, typically. At your expense, usually. Yeah. And this also setting goals helps you to recognize where you have the control and where you don't. It can help give focus in the short term to things that uh, to motivation. Right, because you have you have something that you're trying to do right now, and you have an end game in mind, you know, in the short term. So it's easy to keep going, or it's easier. Yeah, that's why we talked about it in the motivation episode. Also, in the long term, it can give significance to more long-term improvements. Right, because if it's something you've been working on your whole life, it's it's a huge deal when you finally get there. Mm-hmm. And it also helps to build confidence uh, by being able to measure and take pride in your achievements. Yeah, because I mean, I've had this before where you you get a lot of stuff done in one year and you just you feel like crap because you you're not ever looking back at it mm-hmm. to even realize what you've done because you're not measuring. You don't realize how much you've gotten done and you don't, um, you know, when you don't have those goals set, like, uh, like the Steve Jobs quote said, you know, you've, you may reach what your, your goals are and then well, if you don't, lost. Well, if you don't realize it, you know, you'll, you'll still feel like you haven't achieved it. You'll still be carrying yourself like you haven't achieved the goal. There's yeah. latency involved there. If you, you know, for your mind to kick over, you want it to do that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you can move on to to other goals. Right. right. So we're going to kind of take a top-down approach in this episode, talking about uh, setting long and short-term goals. And uh, if you guys have listened to the motivation episode, this is where we kind of gave a bit of a preview. And uh, we related it to programming in a way. Um, We have a little bit more in-depth in this one. So we're going to start off with the project level. These are your lifetime goals. And these are the big overall things that you want to do within your lifetime. And they can be broken down into different areas, uh, such as your career, as in what level do you want to reach? Financial, how much do you want to earn? And by what stage, by what age do you want to have earned that? It doesn't necessarily always have to be entirely financial. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, you know, the finances are a way of getting that goal. That's that's how you grease the wheels. Um, another which, one's education. Which is the same way. It's what skills do you need to acquire and reach your goals? Right. It's not just education for its own sake. Mm-hmm. None of these are. And then you have family. This is something where you have to ask yourself, do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? 
and you know by what age yeah, do you want to have done that. that yeah because that's something that you don't want to get to the you don't want to get into your you know 40s or 50s and then realize that oh yeah i really would have liked to have children because that's not a real good spot to be then last on the list we have physical goals uh, this can be athletic good health and old age and uh, also what steps you're taking towards those uh, these are just kind of like the big ones there's a full list that uh, will be in the show notes um, just of all the different types of lifetime goals that you can set up next we have the namespace or your long-term plan this is your five 10 or 15 year goals and it's kind of a breakdown of the project goals and they're more and you'll notice these get more specific as well these are kind of like where should you be at these different points on your way towards those lifetime goals right because it's basically well it's it's telemetry for your yeah. goals if you're figuring out it okay am i am i headed in the right direction am i if i'm go, if i continue going the way i'm going right now am i going to get to where mm-hmm. i want to be five years from now ten years from now to further break that down we move into the class level or your mid-range goals. These are going to be your three, six, and 12-month goals. And uh, these are the objectives that you have to reach those namespace goals. This is where you really need to prioritize which goals are important. These are like the major points in the outline of each goal that you have. Right, and they're more specific and more measurable. Yeah. They start to become more measurable than did I reach it by this amount of time. Yeah. It's you can you can break them down into, okay, I'm going to do this by you know at this point, or I'm going to do these set of things. Following that, we have the method level, which is our short term, kind of a the you've which, heard of the 30, 60, 90 day plan. Which uh I noticed from the outline actually overlaps with the class because 90 days is roughly three months. Yes. yes. Um, which is okay because I know lots of programmers that write entire methods when they should have written a class. In fact, I've been debugging <laughs> those all day. <laughs> well, if you look down at the bottom um, of the this part of the outline, they'll talk about the overlap. Now, it's good that you brought it up. Uh, basically, yeah, in the shorter term goals, about mid-range down, there's going to be overlap, and this is to help with breaking down the goals into manageable chunks. And sometimes you have a goal that just can't be broken down any smaller than three yeah. months or 90 days. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, is like your 30-day goals, you know, some of those type of goals are also set up for the other things, like forming a new habit. that you know That's going to take you about 30 days of sustained practice. practice. This level is your plan of action to meet each of the objectives for your class. And this is where those priorities that you set in the class level start to really take form. And we're going to talk more about priorities um, towards the end of the podcast. Also, a 30, 60, 90 day plan is really good for interviews when you're going to uh, a new job, especially if you're interviewing for a uh, management position. Yes. It's actually pretty good for a junior dev, if you go in there with some kind of plan like that, you will knock their socks off a whole lot better than most people that go in there and they get the job and then they just float. There will be some links in the show notes to how to set up a 30, 60, 90 day plan. And um, if you subscribe to our newsletter and our extras, we'll even send out some templates 
for developing those. And finally, we come down to the last level, the loop. Yeah, and we call this the closure in you know, the previous episode, but after some thought, a lot of programmers really don't understand closures as well as they think they do. Mm-hmm. And so we thought this might be a little bit better terminology. And the loop is your more immediate goals, like up to a month. Uh, typically, it's your day and your week, though. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is that's a regular cycle. Exactly. A very, very tight timeline. These are your, your to-do list goals. These are the, the small steps that you take each day, each week to meet those larger goals. Like we said, it's a, it's a top-down approach. And when you're setting your goals, you start off with the bigger ones. And again, these overlap. You know, this, the shorter-term goals kind of overlap because they have a little bit more of a regular cadence and... So, you know, sometimes you can have, you can have a goal that's a big chunk or that's really, really important, but it, you get it done in a week and it's, you know, it's a stepping stone or it may be just little pebbles off the boulder kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, it's not a, it's not the uh, larger thing. This isn't a perfect metaphor, but you know, this is, this is one that we kind of developed as something for you guys to think about. I know some of us have uh, heard of SMART goals before, S-M-A-R-T. There's a few different variations on uh, on the original acronym. I have chosen the variation that I used to use when teaching goal setting. There's a lot of material. It's one of the more popular ones. So we're going to go through that. This will probably be the bulk of the episode. So the first one, the S in this scheme, stands for Specific. This is the who, what, when, where, and why of your goals. Kind of reminds me when I used to be a reporter for the school newspaper. Whenever I'd do an interview, those were the questions I would write down. I'd just write who, what, when, where, and why. And then I would make up each question based on that format. You can think about this if if somebody was interviewing you when you get to your end goal. Mm -hmm. These are the questions they'd ask you. Exactly. Now... In contrast, general goals, they're better for long-term that can be broken down, and you want to get more specific as you get shorter-term in your breakdown of your goals. We have a few examples here, and these are going to kind of follow us through the entire SMART goal setting. This is general versus specific. A general goal would be, I'll lose weight and get into shape. A specific goal would be, I will alternate kettlebell swings three days a week and walking three days a week to lose 50 pounds and be able to swing 100 reps per arm with a 24-kilo kettlebell by the end of the year. Is that without stopping? Yes. <laughs> like I said, that's just their example. Yeah, the, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> oh, we'll get into attainable in a minute. Next, we have a general goal. I will get a job as a developer. A more specific version of that goal is I will learn C-sharp and ASP.net and start applying to positions in the next year because most of the jobs in my area, in Nashville, are in the .NET uh, framework. The third one we have, general goal, I will be financially independent. So it's a That's a good idea to have. A lot of people want that. Yeah, but then you get those lotto tickets and it doesn't happen. Yeah. 
Whereas a more specific goal would be, I will design and build a product that sells and creates a recurring stream of revenue. And I would even argue that this is actually a general goal. That that is a very general. In the midst of that, myself. Yeah. That that is very that is general, but compared to the first one, it it is more specific. And as a lifetime goal, it is specific. Yeah. At the project level, that is specific. At the class or method level, no, that is not near specific enough. The M in SMART stands for measurable. And you want to define specific criteria for each goal so that you can track it. And you need to be able to qualify your progress. Right, because you can't actually, you can't manage things that you don't measure. Exactly. And so uh, in the notes here, I have examples measurable and not measurable. I like the C-sharp syntax there. That's nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so the, the going with the weight loss, the measurable goal is I'll weigh myself each week at the same time, tracking my food intake, walking, and kettlebell swings. This example as a non-measurable would be I'll weigh myself when I feel I've lost some weight. Which you'll never feel you lost weight because you won't feel any urgency. Mm-hmm. And exactly. also, your your feeling of having lost weight is incredibly inaccurate. Yeah, you'd be surprised how much weight you'd lose without feeling it or noticing. And then yeah. it's like you'll lose 10 pounds, and then the next two pounds, you're like, whoa, I lost weight. Yeah, because yeah. your belt notch. Yeah. Or things like that. I mean, the reason we have scales is because we're kind of crap at measuring, mm-hmm. just by eyeballing things. The next example for measurable would be, I will use a reverse syllabus to keep track of the concepts I have learned and what I'll need to get a job. And uh, you know what a reverse syllabus is, right? Kind of. All right. Well, you know, a syllabus is where the you take a class and the professor gives you a list of what's going to be going on in the class. Right. A reverse syllabus is where you look at the job market and see what skills. And then build your own syllabus. Yes. Backwards. Okay. I'd, I'd never heard it called that. I would just think that's called common sense. But I guess <laughs> academia's got to have a word for everything. I don't, I don't know where I heard it, but uh, I really liked it, so I've been using it ever since. And uh, the non-measurable way of doing this would be, I'll read up on coding and uh, start applying for jobs when I'm ready. Yeah, and this is something we've noticed. BJ and I do a lot of talking to uh, people that are starting to get into software development, and... I can just about peg who is going to make it and who isn't. Yeah, I'm starting to get that way too. Based on the conversations we have, because the people that we speak to that do not have measurable goals, if you come back in five years, they're still going to be sitting right there, or they're going to be doing something else. Because you, you really don't you don't get anywhere without that. And you know, this is this is kind of something you see in development a lot. Oh, I'm going to learn coding. It's like no, I'm going to learn X. Mm-hmm. You know, pick pick something and, and go do that. So another measurable goal is using market research, I'll determine the product to create and set reasonable deadlines for each stage. An unmeasurable goal would be I'll work on it during my spare time. And this is something I've, I've actually learned on my side project is because when we started out, oh, it's I'm going to work on it on my spare time. And you know, the goal last year was actually to release that product, mm-hmm. uh, my side project, in January. I remember that was the initial goal and we, oh, we worked and we worked, but we didn't have, we didn't have an end game in mind. 
and some you know measurable milestones mm-hmm. for success. Now we do. And you're a lot closer to release. Yeah. Well, I mean, we actually kind of got some people in there. So now the the A uh, in the SMART stands for attainable. So we have specific, measurable, and attainable. While doing my research on this, I came across a Forbes article that uh, is titled "Smart Goals Can Be Dumb." And after reading the article, I have to say I completely disagree. It's a misunderstanding of the use of the SMART goals. You know, having read, uh, I think it's George Doran's article, one of the origins of SMART goal setting and management, what they said in that article, and there will be a link to it, but I do disagree with it. Um, in my opinion, if you your goals, well, what they're saying is that if you make your goals attainable and realistic, then you're not really shooting for the stars. And what they don't understand is... Most people live on the planet. Exactly. Shooting for the stars, I mean, that that's great and all, but that that's the mindset of somebody that says, I'm going to be a basketball star. It worked for Michael Jordan, and it's worked for a few others, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of people who've said that, it hasn't worked for. I mean, crap, we're in Nashville. How many people do you know that are going to break into the music business any day now? Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are there. There's that level where you're, you're above doing shows for free, but you're not superstar level yet. Yeah. And there's, that's, that is a huge level. And I have a lot of friends there that are really good. They just haven't had that break that the superstars have. Yeah. And I've got one that's sort of made the jump, but he's realistic. You know, he's, he, he works as a waiter a lot yeah. of times and he you know does other stuff and that's totally fine. You know, yeah. he's being realistic about it. It's an attainable goal for him, but he's not going to throw everything else away for that attainability because, you know, some goals are big enough that you pretty much have to throw every other goal aside for it to be attainable. When I was writing this, I couldn't help but think of uh, old Simpsons episode that if your goals aren't attainable... Uh, you're just like Homer Simpson. Yeah. You're SMRT. I am so smart. Yep. <laughs> and that goes out to one of our Jasons, because he is a huge Simpsons fan. <laughs> but attainable and realistic doesn't mean it's an easy goal. Right. And I think maybe it's a good time to kind of get some examples in there. Yeah. So an attainable goal would be, I will lose 30 pounds as a three-month goal. And that's that's a bear. I mean, I've lost 40 in three months, mm-hmm. and holy crap, was there a lot of kettlebell swings and a lot of low carb and, you know, a lot of measuring your, your yeah. macronutrients and everything else. Three months, or 30 pounds in three months is not an easy goal. Right. But it is an attainable goal, as opposed to, I'll lose 30 pounds as a one month goal. Yeah, which, I mean, you can do if you got a friend with a samurai sword and you're willing to hold your arm out. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, but it's not a sustainable goal long term. Um, another example of an attainable goal would be I will take a course on C Sharp, you know, on whatever, and produce some samples and start start applying for some jobs. An unattainable goal will be I will start applying for jobs now and learn to code as I go along. Which I know people who've done that. Oh, I do too. I clean up their code all the time. I made a career of it. The then last in the set is uh, 
I'll create a useful product and be financially independent in the next five to 10 years. Uh, that's not a very specific one, but we're not talking about specificity. We're talking about attainability. Um, an unattainable version would be, I'll build the next Facebook and be a billionaire by next year. Right. And, you know, of course, if you're doing that, you will ping me with, um, you know, work requests and you're going to want me to work for exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've been on the other end of that one uh, quite a few times. Look, you're not going to build the next social network for cats or whatever. So get over it. Do something that you can actually do. Do something boring like accounting. You know, something that do- doesn't really get a lot of attention. That's not all, you know, look at me, but it's something that everybody needs. Um, the next item in the smart list is relevant. And basically what this entails is that goals require time and commitment um, so that when it gets tough, they'll still matter. And you know, this is something I ran into in my side project. I mean, crap, for a while this spring, I was working you know, 80 hour work weeks. I would work at the day job and you know, get the 40 hour work weekend and then another 40 on the side project. And when things are like that, you have to have something that you actually want to do. And you know, I think we've got a pretty good product. You know, I really believe in it. And you know, it's interesting to me. And, and that makes a huge difference when you're sitting up, you know, 1130 on a Friday night, knowing that, okay, I'm going to probably go to bed in another 30 minutes and then I'm going to get up at six. Yeah. Or and, when or, you stay up till seven to get something published. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the podcast. Yeah. Because if we didn't, week. <laughs> yeah, if we didn't enjoy this, I mean, it would be, it would be awful. Oh yeah. And I know a lot of people that will go after goals that are attainable and, you know, they can be measured and all that kind of stuff. But then the goal is something that they're they're going into for the amount of money that they're going to get. And usually you can watch about three months in, at least, you know, as far as people's side projects and startups, everything just blows up and they just mm-hmm. walk away and they just threw all the time away. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I know. Basically what you want here, and, and this sounds like a really caustic way to put it, you want the goal to be relevant enough that you can get into some cost fallacy and survive. <laughs> and I hate to put it that way because it sounds really bad, but that that's about where you have to be with, mm-hmm. with, you know, really, uh, really important goals because it's going to get hard at some point. Nothing that's worth doing is, is easy. And you also have to look at it matters to you now, but is it going to be important to your life? Will it matter you know, three months from now when things get really tough. Yeah. Um, and a few questions to ask about your goals. Is it worthwhile? Does it match other efforts or needs that yeah. I have? Yeah. If, and, it, and is it congruent with your personality? Because if, yeah. if it isn't, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be like me, you know, me writing the next, you know, the next version of the Unreal Engine or something. I mean, I suppose I could probably eventually cobble something together that maybe doesn't suck for some minuscule portion of a percentage of the population, less than 1%. But is that something that would mean anything to me? And the answer is no. And it's not congruent with my personality. Whereas agricultural accounting apps, sure. Yeah, it makes makes sense. Also, you look, look, is it the right time? Is this applicable to the current environment? Yeah. I mean, well, we talked about Facebook, you know, the reason Facebook took off was because of timing. 
Exactly. Because there were a bunch of people that had stuff before <laughs> MySpace. Um, <laughs> and it didn't really, it didn't explode and you know lock in a market. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other stuff that, that's come after Facebook, like, oh, I don't know, Google Plus, that's done exactly what? Nothing. I mean, you, you have a multi-billion dollar company, and they, can't, they couldn't pull it off because their timing was crap, among other things. Going back to our examples, something that's not relevant is I'm in my second year of medical school, which anyone that's been through it will tell you is the hardest year of medical school. Uh, I'm in my second year of medical school, and I want to lose another 10 pounds. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to gain 10 pounds, that would probably be a a very good goal to have, but losing it, not so much. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe 10 10 pounds is probably... It's probably doable by most anybody, but 50, you know, anything where you're going to actually have to do something when you're second year meds, you know, med student, it's probably not realistic. I could see them losing 10 pounds just from not eating because they're studying so much. Oh, maybe if they're taking Adderall. That yeah. used to be the joke we had um, was you could tell who was uh, who was abusing Adderall by the people who gained weight over the summer. So a relevant version would be. I have a stable job and ample personal time to focus on losing that last 10 pounds. Right. And it's actually important to you mm-hmm. because if you're, you know, if you're a little heavy, it's, it's not as, it's almost not as easy to lose weight as if you're like, you know, 40 pounds over or better and not happy with it. I, I avoided putting, uh, putting this in there, but uh, originally I was going to put in the non- relevant um i i want to lose 10 pounds and i'm you know 190 yeah yeah and 58 and uh as it makes a difference mm-hmm. um another one here that's um non-relevant is even though all the jobs in my area are for net i want to learn ruby because dynamic languages are the future a relevant one would be i want to stay in this area so I'm learning .NET to get the job I want. Although I would I would debate that because I think in this particular case dynamic and non-dynamic languages are kind of converging a little bit. They, they really are. I just um, this but, was just something that I yeah this is something that I've dealt with because um, I have a lot of friends that are learning Ruby yeah. that I've met through uh, various communities for new coders and I would like to be able to talk to them, you know, about what they're doing, but I'm not learning Ruby. I'm learning .NET because I want to be in the area, the area I want to be in has .NET jobs. Well, and it's congruent with the rest of your goals, which pretty much involves staying around here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ruby would make that harder. So it's a a goal that gets in the way of other goals because right now there's not a lot of Ruby jobs. We've got a lot of healthcare and, Mm -hmm. you know, those people are not... You know, super comfortable with anything that yeah, know, is built exactly. that way, even though they should be. Um, that's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, non-relevant. I'm going to create the user interface first and work backwards from there. And I know people that do that. It's it's really a lot harder that way. I mean, you can do like a slice of it. So you you know you're saying. Uh, you know, a relevant version of this would be I will develop my product from a vertical slice approach. Mm-hmm. That's where you take a piece of the user interface and you build that and you build all the way down to the database. Exactly. You know, you don't build out all your screens and then go, okay, now I'm going to start wiring it in. 
because yeah. you're you're going to lose your mind doing that. It's, mm-hmm. It makes the goal completely unattainable, even though it's all the same stuff. And finally, we get to the T in our smart, and uh, this is time-bound, or timely. For your goals, you need to set a start date and have a target date to achieve the goals. Um, Will mentioned urgency earlier. Without a time limit, there is no urgency to take action. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know we all know somebody that has had some goal their entire life and has never moved towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, without without that urgency, you, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to take action because it's comfortable right now not taking action. Exactly. So with the with that, we have uh, loose goals and strict goals. Sort of okay. loose time bound goals and strict time bound goals. So for our loose goal, I want to lose 50 pounds and get in shape. Which is a good goal. It, it is a good goal. I mean... Uh, I'd be rather weird looking if I lost 50 pounds. A stricter goal in the time sense would be, I will lose 10 pounds by March and 50 pounds by the end of the year. Yeah. And that's a very, that's realistic, measurable, and timely. Another, you know, another loose goal would be, I need a job now, so I'll start studying and applying. And a strict version of that would be, to get the position I want, I'm going to spend 15 hours a week studying and start applying at the end of the year. And even putting in some measurable um, actual achievements instead of mm-hmm. just studying. Yeah. Would, you know, would be, would be good there as well. And that's, again, that's so that you can measure it and so that you, you have an endpoint there. Where you, you feel like you're accountable. Like you feel like you fail when you fail. Exactly. Because if it's a, if it, if it's an open-ended goal, you know, well, it's, it's always going to happen tomorrow. So mm-hmm. why feel bad about it? Well, Sometimes so, that can be a very good motivating factor. Or um, if you achieve it in time, you know, the victory is that much sweeter because you, you pulled it off in time. You also have to look at this from just the overall SMART goals. If your goal is not very specific, not very measurable, then a goal, uh, an exercise goal could be achieved by, I walked the dog. Yeah. Or I, you know, I did 10 sit-ups and then I I ate a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. So I know people like that too. Mm -hmm. And finally on the, the last example here for time bound is, uh, Loose goal of, I'll work on it in my spare time. I've said that before for this level. Yeah. Um, but a more specific time-bound goal would be, uh, I've set specific deadlines to meet for each stage of the project. Yeah, and what I like to do here is actually do an estimate on these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, I want to be done by this date. And you know, figure out how much time it's going to take to do each goal. And you can actually set up Excel and you know, put the number of hours in that you've put, mm-hmm. and get feedback. So when you take a day off and you go and you be a slacker for a day, you can see that that hit on your schedule yeah. right then. You can do that. You can do a better project or something like mm-hmm. that. But a lot of people do it Outlook, and I, that was that was eye opening for me. I stopped doing it, um, but that was you know, that was part of kind of getting a little bit more goal focused was mm-hmm. putting that pain in there. Now, wrapping up the smart. Smart goal setting. Um, there's some overlap with these, and uh, 
some of your goals may not fit into all of these criteria. Uh, I mentioned George uh, Doran earlier, and in his article he says, it should also be understood that the suggested acronym doesn't mean that every objective written will have all five criteria. I just don't know that I agree with that. Oh, yeah? I, I don't. I think it has to have all five. Because it doesn't happen. It's not It's not a goal, then. It's a dream. Hmm. If it doesn't have all five, it's like, okay, you're fine for having it, but you have no plan to get there in a yeah. realistic sense. I, I think, because some of the other stuff I read by him, I think what he's getting at is what we said earlier. Well, it's easy to disagree with a pull quote. Oh, yeah. yeah it really is. But- That's why we use them. <laughs> That's why they're in the media, guys. It's not It's not to actually provide information. It's, a, it's to provide controversy and eyeballs on the page, if you haven't figured that out yet. It's like we said earlier in the Forbes article on uh, being attainable. You know, what they were saying is by making goals attainable, then you're not you know, reaching for bigger goals. And it's like, no, your, your bigger goals are, you know, the attainability for them is not going to be the attainability for your small goals. Right. It, it, the definition of attainable will be different depending on each goal yeah. and the length of that goal. Um, and I think this it's kind of the same. It's kind of what he's saying here is that for specific your long-term, your project level, or even your namespace level goals, they're going to be more general than yeah. your method or your loop goals. Right. And and, you know, and this, this kind of feeds into the whole prioritizing and reviewing thing as well. Uh, you know, one of the most important things you can do is actually prioritize your goals because everybody has got a set of things that they want to do, and there's going to be only so many of them that you can do. Mm-hmm. If you really thought about all the stuff you want to do, it's not all possible. You know, you're you're one person. So if your if your goals are smart goals, then you'll know you need to prioritize them, and you do that by looking at your project level and your namespace level goals and saying, okay, this is what I want now. My more short term goals, which ones most work towards achieving that, and you well, also want to review your goals on a regular basis. Yeah, and I actually do this. Um, I've, I've I've tried to get more and more in the habit. Like I'm coming up pretty soon on my yearly mm-hmm. review time. I'm just you know close to the holidays. I tend to do it either either before or after, just because things are calm, and yeah. I don't get a lot of those little windows there. My but, suggestion would be to set aside a day each month, like the first Saturday of the month or something, to well, review your goals, and then once a quarter. Use that time to review your larger goals. Yeah, my yearly one tends to be like a whole day. Yeah, of figuring stuff out and thinking and all that. It tends to a lot of it uh, tends to be if I'm on a road trip. Like last November, I drove to Florida. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. Oh yeah, figuring out long. goals there and you know there and on the way back. And you know then I'll have you know smaller reviews. I mean, I try to even do that at the end of the week and, and think about what went well, what went, what didn't, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. We've kind of got a breakdown here of each level of goal. And uh, one thing that we have been using with the podcast is uh, Nozbe. It's N-O-Z-B-E, and it's a task tracker tool. Mm -hmm. And And I break my projects down on that. And we'll actually, um, a little 
little disclosure. Um, we we haven't set this up yet, but we may actually have an affiliate link in there. I think they have an affiliate program, but I haven't checked. Uh, and unfortunately, I was not ahead of the game enough to act, look this far down the outline. <laughs> so my bad. But hopefully, we'll have a you know we'll have something there, and that'd be nice. And these uh, are these are really good. Nosebe is really good for your action steps. Yeah, it really is. It's not. Um, it, you can actually use it for your your larger goals as well. You, you, can. Just, you have a project that's like review, mm-hmm. and then you you schedule I, your I reviews in there that and yeah. do that. And it'll sync up to Google Calendar mm-hmm. and all that. And that you know, I did that for a little while, and then I got sloppy. Now I just now I just like put it in Google Calendar and go on with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a good place to do that, and then, you know, and it forces you to check it off the list, and you get the nice little dopamine feedback from mm-hmm. clicking something away. And uh, so then your method level goals are going to be the ones you want to review on a monthly basis. Um, some of them will be a month-long goal. Most of them will be longer than that. Right. And, you know, you want to look at your progress towards those goals. And then at your quarterly reviews, look at your class level goals. And then annually, take a look at your project and your namespace goals and yeah. see where are you along the path towards that goal. Or if the goals have changed. That's because true. Because sometimes that stuff, you know, the, the things I wanted to do when I was 20, I, I look back on and I feel like they're, they're a lot of them were incredibly naive. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually feel that way about goals I had when I was 30. Yeah. And, you know, stuff changes. You get older. And we, we'll things. talk about that in just a little bit uh, when we talk about maintaining a goal-oriented outlook. Some tips for kind of setting up and selecting or setting your goals is to make them positive statements. Yes. In other words, you don't say, I'm, I'm, not, going, um, I'm not going to eat a bunch of junk food. You, know, you, talk, you make positive statements and go, okay, I'm going to eat. You know, I'm going to eat more fish and I'm going to eat more vegetables and mm-hmm. that sort of thing because that that's a little bit easier to implement. Yes. Even though you're doing exactly the same thing, it's the way you phrase it that, that really makes the difference. See, it goes mentally. to the psychology of it. It puts you in – it's a different mindset. You, know, well, you if, don't feel like you're you're restricting something. Right. You're not, you're not cutting something out. You're adding something. Well, I mean, don't think about a pink elephant. Right. If I just say, "Don't think about a pink elephant," what just popped into your head? A rhinoceros. I'm not exactly sure how your brain works, or if it does, my friend. <laughs> but most people, if you if you tell them, "Hey, don't think about a pink elephant," that that's the first thing that's going to pop into their head. And it's the same thing with negative goals: is you're actually creating a feedback loop that increases the likelihood that you're going to do that negative thing. Exactly. Also, you're going to want to write down your goals um, or type them up. So typing up a goal is actually pretty good. Um, you know, getting it down on paper where you can actually review it. Again, this is about the whole measurement thing mm-hmm. because it's very easy to forget what you said you were going to do if you hadn't thought about it all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is is obviously putting those goals in front of other people so that they can hold you somewhat accountable or so that you feel that way. And that's we're actually going to do this at the beginning of the, the year or yeah. right before. I forget which. It's actually, it'll be the next episode after this one. We are going to do our... Uh, our goals for 2016. Yeah, I, I always have a hard time remembering remembering what is on the editorial calendar. But that's one of the reasons we're doing this, is to kind of throw those goals out in front of other people 
And it doesn't matter if you, you call me on it or not, because I feel like you might. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're going to do partly through the year is go back and review where we are in those goals. Also, you want to keep your method and your loop goals small. Yes, where they're achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and this actually feeds into something that we probably need to talk about sometime is the Pomodoro technique. And finally, on the, under tips for selecting your goals is make your goals about performance and not outcome. Right. You know, make them about how I well will, you do. Yeah, I will swing, well, like you said about the kettlebells. You know, I'll, I'll swing a 24-kilo kettlebell and I'll do 100 swings, mm-hmm. you know, on each arm, you know, three times a week yeah. for 10 weeks. Well, if, you're, if your goal is that, you're going to have a hard time at the beginning, but... You'll get through it, right? Yeah. But if your goal is, okay, I'm going to do that and it's going to cause me to lose X amount of weight, you know, that may not work. You may have something hormonal going on. And you may bulk up and gain weight. Yeah. At oh, the I've same known time lots of people. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, they, they're like, huh, you know, they're upset because they're, the way they're measuring the achievement of their goal is wrong. It's like, oh, I'm, I've, I've gained 15 pounds, but it's like, yeah, but you're cut like Thor. Yeah, exactly. You know. Why are you upset that you gain weight? <laughs> That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so closing out the episode, let's uh, kind of hit on some ways to maintain a goal-oriented outlook. If the goal that you set was reached too easily, like you set a 30-day goal and you got it in a week, then you need to look at you know adjusting your goals to make them a little bit harder. I did that a couple of years ago because my goal was, you know, my max deadlift, and I feel embarrassed about this now, was 200 pounds or right under that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, I want, you know, I want my max deadlift to be 300 pounds. And then, you know, like a month into the year, I got to 315. Yeah. And then I was sitting there going, well, crap, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I was planning to be here by December and obviously, you know, push the goal up. Yeah, you, you adjust your goals. Um, yeah. If the goal is extremely difficult, Break it down and set smaller, simpler goals. The goal here is forward movement and mm-hmm. momentum, not huge jumps. You can always speed up or slow down to adjust, but you know you don't you don't want to try to reach something that's unattainable and just fail mm-hmm. because that that breaks your momentum. And now you also want to to welcome roadblocks and repeated goals. I've heard a lot about failure mindset in programming. Whereas if you never have a failure, you're not really doing it right. Yeah. And I've, I've known plenty of programmers that never plan for failures in, in any sense of the word at all. Well, but another thing of, you'll, you'll see this too with, with weightlifting and yeah. to bring this back up, I got stuck. I think it was around, I want to say it was after I hit the three, you know, 300 pound goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget what my exact was, but I hit it really quick and then I got ten pounds over that, and it was—it felt like it was three months that I could I could add five pounds to the weight, and it felt like it was glued to the floor. I—I mm-hmm. I couldn't move it. And then I saw somebody smaller than me lift more than me, and then all of a sudden I could do it. But um, <laughs> well, it's, it's very it's easy insane. to hit a plateau. It's something that we've talked about before. I don't remember if it was on the air or not, but um, you were talking to me about how with moving from one level of development to the next from like junior to, to mid-level to senior. Like you moved from junior to mid-level really fast 
and then kind of hit a plateau for a long time. And you're like, then it, it just jumped. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what gets you from level one to level two is not the same thing gets you gets you from level two to level three. Yes. And so these you know roadblocks. They also need to be taken as a sign that the goal is valuable for one, mm-hmm. and two, they they need to be taken as a sign that hey, we're about to have a phase shift. Yeah. Because if I break through this roadblock, I'm going to jump way up, and that that needs to be more of the mindset that you have instead of oh, I failed. Yeah. It's it's the I found how not to do it. Yeah. And found out how valuable doing it is. Well, yeah, you've been getting more and more, honestly, you've been getting more agile with your goals. You've been mm-hmm. trimming them down to something that's more achievable. Like, you were on psych. I mean, crap, you were, you were trying to do that for, like, what, 10 years? Yeah. You know, you were kind of heading that, that direction, and you didn't have the smaller goals, and then you did medicine, and that took even less time to, to trim down, and now you're doing coding, and, you know, you're getting some pretty good specificity about what you want. Mm-hmm. And you're actually taking steps to achieve it, and they're sustainable yes. steps. And I think that's, you know, that's really a good way to keep that goal-oriented outlook. And I, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. It does. Uh, like we mentioned a little earlier, next week we're going to give our goals or our New Year's resolutions for 2016. And uh, we'll also be following up on them throughout the year. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, this week I have a tool that I use for viewing log files. For instance, if you've got a running process that's constantly writing to a log, you can actually get the log file to show up on screen, and it'll continually update as your app writes to the file. And this tool is called Beartail. That's <laughs> like B- it. Yeah, it's B A R E, so it's bear as in naked, not bear as in the carnivore, you know, the large carnivore. And T A I L. See, I like it even better now. Yeah, and you can get this at bearmetalsoft.com/slash/beartail. I've uh, been using it, you know, for quite a few years. We used it you know, as a log viewer, uh, probably four or five years ago, and it was it was just an absolute lifesaver because you can drop files in there and it just starts reading them, picking it up, and, and you can watch everything go through you know, as it's processing. So we were using this for service log files where there is no console. It's just got a dump file that's putting it out there too. It's a pretty good little time saver. You know, it's, it's a very, very small app. Um, it, it can get greater than two gigs of log files. So if you've got one that's you know, massive, it can open it up and it goes to the end. Because it doesn't have to show you the whole file. Mm-hmm. Right, notepad and things like that will load the entire file because they don't know where you're going. Beartail, I'm assuming it does do some kind of load, the whole thing where you can scroll up and down, but it knows that what you want is what just happened. And so it's it's focused there, and so it can get some pretty good sized files going, which if you have if you have poorly written logging code like we did at the time, that can be real handy because I think at one point we had nine gigs of log files. Which was nice, you know, because we were able to troubleshoot the problem we had, and then we could go deal with the log file issue once the system was stabilized. Yeah. So this this could be a, a lifesaver in certain circumstances. If you have a question or comment for us, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. 
Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed under Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is OMFG Hello by Argo Fox and is also licensed under Creative Commons and available on SoundCloud. For references, show notes, and to sign up to our email list, be sure and check out the website at www.completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time.